A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. My guest today is Jacqueline Reamer. She is known as Gym Coach Jackie. I am in a very good mood this morning because I'm doing my favorite thing, looking at pictures of myself. I was on team starting at like six years old. I was definitely a quiet kid and struggled with social anxiety. I started to see that in the gym. Mental block, being scared and having a hard time trusting myself and having a hard time trusting coaches. I kind of tried to do college gymnastics at UW-Stout, but I got just way too in my head about not being good enough so I ended up quitting so I started coaching I loved coaching because I wanted to be able to like give back to gymnasts who were like me trying to help them navigate this hard sport at such a vulnerable age I know you competed last year Excel Diamond what made you actually want to put that competition leotard back on I guess I just wanted to prove myself wrong and all that self-doubt that I had as a teenager Hi guys, on today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing gym coach Jackie, also known as Jackie Reimer. She is an adult gymnast, she's a coach, and she and I get to chat a lot about being the team head case and how that informed our coaching and ultimately how she is working to make gymnastics a better place for her kids and for the culture of the sport moving forward. So let's take it away. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. My guest today is Jacqueline Reamer. She is known as Gym Coach Jackie on the interweb. Um, She's hilarious. She's a coach who has gone back to competing in gymnastics, too, as an adult. So, um, Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, do you want to give us a little background on your, your gymnastics journey up to this point? Yeah, sure. So um, gymnastics kind of just randomly fell into my lap. Um, My mom worked with someone that had a daughter in gymnastics at the local YMCA because there's really only one spot to do gymnastics. So um, it was across the street from my mom's work. So when she would go to work or stay late, I would be at practice. Um, And then as I guess it was very casual at the Y. So like we really didn't practice during the summer. It was just like for fun really. And I was on team starting at like six years old. And then from there, I think gymnastics in Wisconsin in general started picking up a little bit. And then we ended up, my family actually ended up opening a club. So then that's kind of when I started taking gymnastics a little more seriously and doing, you know, harder competitions through USAG. And, um, but I, I guess there was some struggle in there, um, which I guess I could get into, into further, but I was definitely a quiet kid, 
and struggled with like some social anxiety. And then I started to see that in the gym. I started seeing a lot of mental blocks and being scared and having a hard time trusting myself and having a hard time trusting coaches. So, you know, yeah, but that's a common story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how long did you make it as a youth? Like when did you retire? I, I ended up getting all the way through eight through until I graduated 18. Um, I kind of tried to do college gymnastics at UW Stout. Um, I was on their team for a little bit back then in like 2009, they really didn't do cuts. So basically you might be on the team, but you just might not compete. Um, but Becky there really wanted to get everybody a chance. Um, and she was wonderful about that. Um, but I got just way too in my head about not being good enough. Um, when I probably could have competed floor or beam, um, but I just got so into my head about like, I'm not as good as everybody else. So I ended up quitting, uh, like a month into it. So that's kind of where it ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you sound like, uh, so many gymnasts, you know, like me too. I was the kid who was still like, what do I do with my hands? Social awkwardness. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids are, are similar. Um, and then they have the fears and then they don't feel like they're good enough because it's like, you're comparing yourself to other people and you don't ever really know what's going on with them. Um, where did you fall on your team? Like I was, um, I was the team head case. That was sort of my, my thing. Like what type of gymnast were you like in your team? I was very much that head case as well. Um, my mom and I joke about it now. I feel like our whole team later on, like when I was like 16, 17, 18, my whole team was kind of a big head case. And I think we definitely fed off of each other and we had a meet once. I just remember my coach being like, head down, wanted to walk out of the meet immediately, but my teammate didn't go for her back tuck. So then I didn't go for my back tuck. And then my other teammate after me didn't go for my back tuck in the middle of our floor routines. So I, we kind of fed off each other in kind of a negative way with that. But, um, and then I was also the kid who struggled with flexibility. So I have never had a split in my life which a lot of people think that like you have to have a lot of flexibility to do gymnastics. It does help, but it is possible to do it without. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I guess that was me on the team, just Mm -hmm. a little bit of a head case and no flexibility. Yeah. I was the, I was the flexible head case. Um, and I was like the mama duck cause I came in old. So I was the tall oh, one sure. with all the, with all the little babies kind of following <laughs> behind me who could all do their skills. And I was scared and, you know, seven-year-old Arlene was always like kicking my butt when I'm 14, you know, on the beam scared, but, uh, so, so you've always, I mean, did you ever have a moment where you were not in the gym between the time that you retired or did you immediately start coaching? Um, I immediately started coaching. I think I had a semester off my freshman year. I decided not to coach, but even at um, UW Stout, I still was coaching like in their rec program. So I started coaching when I was 16 or 17 um, and then started coaching team not long after that. And then I I don't know. I just, I loved coaching because I wanted to be able to like give back to gymnasts who were like me and like, trying to help them navigate, you know, this hard sport, but also being at such a, a vulnerable age. 
So that's kind of why I enjoyed coaching, but then also like being able to see like, I'm, I'm a planner. I like to like step back and really look at the vision. And I think as a coach, you kind of have to be able to see like the end game or end goal. Um, and I feel like I can do that and then I can break it down into pieces until we get to the present. So I feel like that's one of my strengths and I feel like that helps me with coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I can help the girls see that too. Like, Hey, in my head, this is what I have for you. Like, are we on the same page? Um, and if we are like, this is how I would break it down. What do you think about that? So I don't know. I've just, I've always loved that coaching aspect, I guess. I've just, I don't know. I don't know. That's one of my favorite things about coaching. Yeah. Well, and that's, I've, I've kind of, I was a coach too. And I did both ways where there were days where I'd show up and be like, what are we doing today? Okay. And then, and then I, you know, that was when I was like, I would say a younger coach where I was like, we'll just do the thing we do. And then I started planning and was like, oh, interesting. We make a lot more progress when there's actually a theory behind how we're approaching this. And then also it gives you the ability to say, have faith, little Padawan, like we are going there. Don't worry. This is all going somewhere Mm -hmm. versus them being like, I'm just not good because I can't do this. You're like, whoa, whoa, we're on basics. We're, We're building. Yes. We're moving in that yeah. direction. Okay. And what's your favorite part of coaching now? <sighs> um, I definitely think it's, you know, like when I was younger, it was always, I think most young coaches, it's all always about like trying to prove yourself as this young coach and having to like have your kids do really well at meets and stuff. So like, there's always that like external drive, but I just feel like now as I get older, I just love the culture and the atmosphere and like the family aspect that our gym is like slowly becoming. And I just feel like I've stepped back from like needing to produce awards and more about like the individual kid and how they're developing as a person. Oh, so good. I mean, that's not something you hear a lot of people say that is their favorite part about gymnastics is the culture. I mean, straight up, that's like my least favorite part about the sport in general is the old school culture and what it right. does to these little humans. So what do you guys do that makes it a culture that you actually really want to be a part of? What are some of the things that are helping develop these kids? Well, I think I, since I'm like, you know, I'll be 33 soon. Um, but I think I have been able to kind of experience the old school gymnastics and have experienced some of this more like individual, um, how everybody plays a part on the team, but also everybody has their own individual strengths and how different people bring different things to gymnastics in general and that how it doesn't, it's not a one size fits all. And I love seeing that change, especially being that kid who struggled with mental blocks and struggled with flexibility that, you know, you still can enjoy gymnastics and you can still place well and do good if that's part of your motivation too. But, um, which I think, you know, we, we all like that external validation, but, um, just, just how it's become more individualistic and not so cookie cutter, I guess, is what I feel like we're trying to do at the gym. Definitely. That's why I love the Excel program. Mm-hmm. I love, I yeah. feel like if there was an Excel program when I was 14 and having my butt kicked by seven-year-olds, I could have gone so much farther. 
just in the joy yes. of it. So now you are, I know you competed last year, Excel Diamond, right? Yes, I did. Are you, are you training again? Are you going to be competing again this season? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on that a little bit because I don't feel like I did how I wanted to, like performance-wise at my last couple of meets. Um, but I do feel like if I, I didn't compete this season, I do still feel like I gained so much from the experience and I definitely will stick with doing gymnastics in the gym I just might not compete because that does obviously add on extra work and stressors and things and you know when you're an adult and you have all these responsibilities it can become hard to find like consistent time in the gym even if you work in the gym it's still hard to find consistent time to work out so I think I will be competing this season it just might be my last season unfortunately but you never know you never know so we'll see Uh uh-huh Okay. So you have some, some unfinished business potentially. Yeah. Gym. Mm-hmm. Cause okay. I really wanted to compete certain skills last year and I felt like I, I wasn't, I practiced them in the gym, but I didn't compete them. So I feel like I'm kind of going after these certain skills that I just want to be able to compete for my younger self who really wanted to compete those skills. Oh, what are the skills? What, what's on your wish list? Um, on vault, I really want to compete my souk. And then on bars, I really want to compete giants. Hey guys, quick announcement break. Right now, we at Complete Performance Coaching are looking for five athletes who are ready to break through their mental blocks for good. If that sounds like you or your child, then sign up for a free consultation call with one of my amazing coaches as soon as possible to see if you're a good fit for our Perform Happy Elite training program. This program includes one-on-one coaching with the world's top mental performance coaches, plus tons of support for athletes and their parents in between sessions. You can sign up today at completeperformancecoaching.com slash consult. Talk to you soon. Uh, it makes me think about, I I have like this recurring dream slash nightmare um, that I'm in a leotard and I'm on bars and it's time to compete my giants. And I have not done giants in um, a very long time. And like, I'll wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I did that. That's so crazy. And it's terrifying. And I mean, what, what made you actually want to put that competition leotard back on? Well, I wouldn't say that was one of the reasons to go back was to put on a leotard. Um, That was definitely an interesting feeling going into that first meet. Um, But I guess I just wanted to prove myself wrong and all that self-doubt that I had as a teenager. Um, I think when I hit like that eighth grade, you know, when I guess middle school in general, you know, kids get really self-conscious and I got super self-conscious to the point where I internalized everything and made it a part of like how I saw myself. And, and I guess I just wanted to prove that wrong. I wanted to go in and be like, I can do this and I am capable. So that's kind of how it all got started. And I still struggle with anxiety, but I thought, you know what? if my brain thinks I'm always in danger, like, let's really throw it in there. Like, let's start doing things that I told myself I was never going to do and really show that, okay, this might actually be dangerous. So let's, you know, I don't know. That's just what I always tell myself. It's kind of silly, but 
it it helps even with everyday training like we're gonna worry about the little things like let's throw in some bigger stuff in there to I don't know. Just put it all in perspective. Well, and and yeah, yeah. if you if you know your brain is sounding the alarm all the time, then you can sort of go, "I hear you, brain." Anywho, moving on. Let's let's try this next thing. Now, I'd love to know what are some of the strategies that you use when the fear rears its ugly head when you're training. What are the What do you do that allows you to kind of regain some ground, confidence wise? Sure. So I've always been a what if person. So that's my overthinking of everything is that's what I was always fearful of, of like, what if I fall? What if this? What if that? Um, And I think I just try to reframe thoughts. So I take that thought in, you know, I accept it like, okay, this is, you know, other people have these thoughts too. This is a real fear. But you know, how can I reframe this and think of like, I know I'm safe. I know I'm ready to do this. Like I need to have confidence in myself. So it's just, for me, it's a lot of reframing those negative and fearful thoughts. Mm -hmm. And are you able to have one of those moments where you're freezing up and have that little debrief with yourself and continue forward? Does that typically work? Or do you find yourself having to take steps back? I mean, what, what is when you're at that moment where you're like, I don't know if my brain's going to cooperate here. Are you typically able to sort of like get over that hump? It definitely depends on the day, but I, I, I am noticing more that I can kind of read that if it's going to be a day that I can push past it, or if it's going to be a day that I might need to like readjust my plan so that I can still try to give myself a win for the day. So I think that's another big thing I set up for myself daily is, okay, this isn't going well. So not that I want to give up on it, but how can I like tweak it a little bit so that I can give myself a win and, and take away like a good feeling from this practice when things aren't going exactly how I wanted to have them go originally. Mm. And that's something that I think it can be really hard for a 12 year old to grasp that Mm -hmm. shift from, okay, it's the the, the success on this exact progression is not feeling like it's in the cards right now. How can I get myself a win? Are you able to help your kids sort of find that moment for themselves when they're struggling? And what do you, what do you do with them? Yes. So I noticed with a lot of teenagers They have all or nothing thinking, which again, very typical. I did the same thing. Um, So if they're having a bad day, I kind of look at them and I say, well, let's look at this. Let's take a step back and look at, is this a today thing or is this like a multiple day thing? And then that, if, if that's the case, then you and I need to sit down and figure out what's working, what's not. And if it's just a today thing, then we're going to kind of like shake it off, let it go. And we're going to come back and try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that collaboration is so mm-hmm. key. I know when I was struggling, there was no collaboration. It was go or get off my beam, go or climb the rope, go where the team has push ups. It was like, no, I will not spot you. You did it yesterday. You're fine. And yep. I don't ever remember feeling like I had a voice with my coaches. And I know as a coach, as a young coach, I don't think I gave my kids a voice. I was like, go or get off my beam. I sort of did what had been done to me. But as I got older, I was like, come to me, child. What is happening? Let's let's talk about this. So are do you create an environment where a kid can you can give them an assignment and they can come to you and 
discuss? Like, is there, is there wiggle room there? What What's that like? Yes. And oftentimes I'm asking them for input. So because I, I want to know what's going on in their head. I'm like, I'll even like give suggestions and be like, what do you think of this? Like, this is how I see it, or this is what I would do in your situation. But what do you think about it? What do you think will help you? So then I make them become a little more self-aware and kind of take on that responsibility for their own gymnastics. Um, and I think that's more meaningful that like you're, you're doing this for you and this is your thing, not my thing. And I'm just here to help. Um, and I grew up same way. I, we didn't really have that. Yeah, it was whatever the coach said for the highway. And I was pushed a little bit on that. And but, you know, I think that that definitely is a culture change in our gym. And I actually have a gymnast. We were just talking about it the other day because I am lucky enough to still coach some of my like. Probably, I, I mean, I've been coaching some of my kids for like seven years, so we've kind of gone through this change or this development together and we'll like laugh about it. Like, not that it was funny that I made them, you know, get down and give me, you know, or I threatened them with, if you don't do this back handspring on the high beam, I'm going to give you five rope climbs. Like, obviously I regret saying that, but like now our relationship is so much different and we can kind of look back at, look back at that and like laugh about it. Like, Oh my gosh, Jackie, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, I can't believe I did that either. I'm so sorry. Um, mm. So it's nice to be like, it's nice to grow with the kids in the gym too. So. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but like I, when I finished coaching 15 years in, um, when I had my baby and moved totally to the mental side, I looked back and was like, I don't know anything about this. I know nothing about coaching. I have been just like, just totally blind this whole time of everything I didn't know. And the more I learned, the more I realized how much I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like overwhelming. It's almost like you need to have a PhD, an MD, you need to, you need to be a social worker. You need like all of those things in order to really be a great coach. It can be a little bit overwhelming. I feel like to like, but, but that continued desire to grow is really all that you need. I would say mm-hmm. like you don't actually need like perfectly all the knowledge of every possible thing. Right. Yeah. Just that growth for, or just that like drive for growth and drive to learn. Yeah. So just be a lifelong learner, I think is really important mm-hmm. and not, not feeling like you have to know every, everything and being willing to, I think that's a big one. When, when I look back as a younger coach, like being willing to say like, I don't know and like reach out to someone and be okay with not knowing, you know, I think as a younger coach, you want to like save face and like not seem like the young coach, but yeah, I guess if I could go back, I would ask more questions and honestly question the system of, okay, well, why do we do this? Like I remember being told when I first had a gymnast struggling with a mental block and I said, how do I work with this gymnast? What do I do? And my mentor said, he kind of joked about it, but he was like, well, you just make them more scared of you than the skill. And like, so that's what I, I knew it wasn't right, but I was like, well, no one's, you know, no one's talking to each other about this. We're all, that's what I think is such a positive thing with the change in the culture now is it just seems like gyms are more willing to communicate and coaches are out there on social media sharing these things. And you yourself are here sharing these things and making sure that 
mental health gets taken seriously in gymnastics. So it's, it's been a fun, it's been fun being able to watch all this change happen. Totally. Yeah. It's so encouraging. Cause I think for a while there, even like five years ago, I was like, we are doomed. We're doomed. Why are we doing this? I had little kids and I was like, am I even going to let them set foot in a gym? Right. I mean, there were really serious doubts that I had just from, you know, most of the kids I work with, the reason that they're, that they're so stuck is because their coach doesn't listen to them. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just, ah, it's so, it's maddening. But then, you know, I talked to coaches like you and I talked to coaches like, like I just talked to Cassie Rice and just like, these are humans. We love them. We want them to feel their own level of success. We want them to get their own wins. What are your wins? What do you want to achieve here? Like what, what an amazing question where I just felt like I didn't fit in the box as a gymnast. So therefore I couldn't succeed. And there's no box that's made up. It's not real. Right. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that too. I look back and I'm like, just within like any of the gymnastics requirements, I'm like, somebody just made this up. I mean, there's some science behind it, I guess, with like the physics of gymnastics, but most of it's just made up. This skill is just made up by some random person. Exactly. Like who did, I'm always like, who decided a back handspring on a beam was a good idea? Yeah. That person is on my S list to this day. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So if you could coach younger Jacqueline, if you could Mm -hmm. go back and like have her in your, on your team, what would you, what would you do that would really help her thrive? How would you approach that? Um, I think I would try to, again, think outside of the box with things, which I try to do with myself and my kids now is just like, okay, so this drill isn't working. You're afraid to go for a giant because that was one of those skills that I was terrified of and would never even try. So like, how can we get just an inch closer to that? That will make you feel a little more comfortable. And then when you get comfortable with that, how can we just get a, a little bit more towards that, um, that skill? So I think breaking it down and trying to think outside the box really helps. Um, And then just rooting for their differences. And like, yes, you might have issues with this and this, and everybody has their own, you know, things that they might need to work on, such as flexibility, strength, whatever it is, but it's like, let's capitalize on those strengths that you do have. And, and I think that's how I'd probably, that's how I try to coach my kids now that remind me of myself. But I think if I go back, that's how I would coach myself. Mm, Amazing. I mean, and so, so what's your theory on um, letting kids pick different skills? You know, like I know some gyms are like, it has to be the back handspring. It has to be back handspring, loud step out. It has to be round off back handspring, back tuck. Like it has to be that, although there are other options in the code of points, Um, Mm -hmm. what's your theory on, you know, if somebody's sort of mentally stuck on a certain skill, how do you feel about switching skills or trying other skills? Do you kind of like help them work through it? What's your perspective? Well, this actually came up. It's funny that you asked that. This kind of came up in my head the other day because I was like, why am I pushing so hard for the back handspring in level six? Cause I'm like, well, what if I do have a gymnast who has a round off in seven? Cause you know, like I said, I'm a planner. So I do think about what could you do at level 10 and what are you seeing now, which we are seeing a lot of different combinations, which is great. Um, but 
then I have to, again, remind myself, I'm like, but if I let them do a round off in six, and they're just not ready to do the back handspring, and but then they get ready to do the back handspring in seven, then it's still the same if I wanted them to get their back handspring in six, and then they're round off in seven. So I just have to remind myself that they can get to those skills, it might just take more time for this one than that one. And each kid is going to move at their own pace. So I'm definitely more open to those outside skills, especially for because I've also struggled with like your generic routines that you see. So I'm definitely open to them. But I think we still just overall as a gymnastics culture, I think that's one thing that we need to get a little better at, I guess. But yeah, you, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. Like, I, I can like sense your hesitation with it. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, because I mean, I know about the brain that if the brain is given two paths and one path has a tiger on it and one path does not have a tiger on it, your brain's going to take the path that has no tiger. So if you're like, yeah. we have a back handspring on a beam. We have a round off on a beam. The brain's like, sold, round off, let's go. And then we'll never need to work that back handspring ever again. Like, great, hot stove. We don't touch that. Great, moving on. Um, so there can be that fear that they will never do it. <laughs> like, if we don't if we don't work this, they'll never get it, um, which is a limiting mindset, obviously. Yeah. And I would say even with my kids who do have, you know, the the mold of like what we would think for especially beam skills, I think I do try to embrace creativity with beam. Because it is, I kind of tell them, like, it is kind of boring watching the same type of skills and the same type of routines over and over again. So we do save time uh, towards the end of like our beam assignments for them to go work on something that they've always like wanted to get like a single skill or something. And we do try to push that like creativity. They're like, oh, have you seen someone do that? Or like, oh, I saw someone on Instagram do that. I'm going to try that today. So, you know, that I think that's where we try to get their mind um, outside of just those like safe skills and get them to be a little more creative with with it. Mm. And I think your perspective is just so, so healthy and productive and that you're, you're forecasting, okay, if this kid has, says to me that they want to compete in college, then I've got that. I'm filing that away. If this kid says to me, um, you know, X, Y, and Z, like these are their goals. This is what they want to do. And I can see this as sort of like the natural progression of things. Then you can help coach that individual in that direction. And you have another kid who's like, I don't even know what is for lunch tomorrow. I have no plan. I'm just having a good time. I'm scared to death of back handsprings and I'm really good at round offs and I want to compete. It's like you can sort of coach that kid in a way that's going to give them what helps them to feel good. And there's no blanket policy. Right. Yes. And I think because looking back again on my own struggles of feeling less than as a person because I couldn't do the skill that everybody else was doing, I just, I think I do try to make our culture in the gym is like, if you're an Excel gymnast, that's amazing. If you're trying to be a level 10 gymnast, that's amazing too. You hold the same amount of value in this gym and you're not better than the other. Like, 
because I think that frustrates me the most when my kids feel like, oh, because I'm Excel, I'm like less than. I'm like, no, you are just as important in this gym as anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not only the kid who wants to run a major company that has valuable goals. It's Mm -hmm. the kid who wants to be the great teammate or who wants to have fun or who wants to try something new. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if in our sport, all goals were awesome. Like all roles on the team were important. I just, uh, like makes, makes younger me feel like, wow, just to be a leader would be enough that I was a leader mm-hmm. on my team, but I didn't get the scores. So therefore I felt like I was bad. Right. It's, but you still played an important role. Yeah. So important. Oh my gosh. Those little girls looked up to me. I was like, I felt like I was somebody like I had a purpose on that team, but then I, but then there was this other, you know, thing shining down saying, well, but you're not talented enough and you're too tall and you're too old. So you're not important. It's like, oh yeah, it's so great that you're, that you're able to show your kids that they're important and they're valuable regardless of their level of, you know, talent commitment. Like it's, you can be wonderful with whatever you've got. So, oh, I love that. So, okay. So you're moving forward into your um, adult season, perhaps. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are your biggest worries about it? Uh, kind of like what I just touched on uh, is just finding time, I guess, and trying to be consistent with my skills in the gym and I guess I do feel some days like a spokesperson for Excel um, and adult gymnastics, I guess. So there's a little bit of that pressure to do well. Um, But then I also think that's part of my page too, is showing all the mistakes and how, you know, just because I didn't do the best last season doesn't mean I'm just going to give up and I'm coming back at it and we're trying again. Um, and just not to let it get you down, but I just felt like, you know, we always see the Olympians and the college athletes, but I just really want someone for those Excel kids to still feel like, like I said, that they still matter in the sport and Mm -hmm. just, yeah, I guess it makes me sad when I think about like them. I don't know. Like I said, I've had gymnasts say before, like, well. I'm only in Excel. I'm not as good. And it just makes me sad. So I just want to, that's what I continue to try to do on my page is just to like bring light to the, just to everybody that does gymnastics and that you can do just do gymnastics because you enjoy it. And it doesn't always have to be for some, you know, college scholarship or Olympic medal that you can just enjoy gymnastics just because, cause it's fun. It is. So. Awesome. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, if you are not already following her, it's the best, the best place on the internet for gymnastics, <laughs> humor, like you just so nail the experience. I, I, I can't even. So what is your, what's your handle so people can follow you? Uh, it's gymcoach.jackie. Awesome. Um, yes. If you're not already following, do that stat. You will laugh your butt off about, I mean, all the things like it brought back all of the coaching moments, the best ones of like these 13 year old kids are hilarious. And you just like, you can't help but laugh. You might as well. Right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, I love making people laugh and, you know, for stressful situations, sometimes the best thing and way to cope is to laugh. So 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the perform happy podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.